0: This is the Bulls on the Birds podcast episode number six, coming to you from Chester County. All right, all right, all right. Start off with the yes or no section, DB. You got it. Eagles pick up six foot one, two hundred and fifteen-pound veteran safety from the San Francisco 49ers, Jaquiski Tart. Tart was drafted in the second round of the 2015 NFL draft by the 49ers and has been a consistent starter his entire career. Now, we knew we needed help at the safety position. Do you like the Tart
1: pickup? I love it. And we were talking about how we have another trick up his sleeve. And Yes, was
0: he going to wheel and deal for a safety? Yeah. That was the only he, position that wasn't necessarily addressed.
1: Yeah, and he pulled another one out. I love it. Guy 6'1", 215. He's got everything Gannon's looking for in his flexible Versatility. Um, defense. Yep, athletic, versatile. He's also on a one-year deal, and I... That's a familiar thread running through (laughs) all of this. A
0: lot of one-year deals. A lot of one-year deals,
1: and he's a veteran who brings some playoff experience, six playoff games, a Super Bowl appearance. I like it everywhere, and he's one of the stronger safeties who's who's not afraid to to hit somebody and almost be a a, an extra linebacker, if you will. Yeah,
0: similar to Brian Dawkins, Malcolm Jenkins, Jenkins, so much as he lays the hits on. I think he's seems to be a really durable safety as well. I think last year it said that he started 100% of defensive snaps. Yeah. And that's in his seventh year
1: in the NFL. Yeah. Yeah, that's
0: pretty impressive.
1: And he had a great game against the Eagles last year.
0: And you know what's funny? He went to college at the same college as the cornerback we picked up earlier, James Bradbury. They both went to Samford.
1: Yeah, Samford, not Stanford, West Coast, (laughs) California. But Samford from the Southern Conference. Yeah. From the Southern Conference. The SoCo. And we both know someone uh, who played some ball in Southern Conference. Who's that? That would be uh, son number one, Red Bull.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. Citadel was. For the Southern Citadel. Conference.
1: Yeah, they were SoCo, and as was Appalachian
0: State, and then they moved up. So there's rumors that we could potentially trade Andre Dillard for Kareem Hunt in a deal with the Browns. What do you think of that?
1: I like having some depth at the... O-line position. Agreed. And I, I look at what you gain and what you lose. You know, what we lose is depth at the O-line position. Which we
0: have desperately needed the last yeah.
1: few years.
0: Absolutely. older veterans like Kelsey and Lane Johnson.
1: Yeah, and I think we need to keep that depth there. And then you look at, you know, what does Kareem Hunt give you?
0: That Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, Kenny Gainwell don't already give you. Right, right. Agreed, he might be a better overall running back exactly. than all three of them. But I don't believe there's much more production that we're going to get out of him from what we're already going to get from the three that we have.
1: Exactly what I'm thinking. His best year was his freshman year. Right. With Kansas City in 2017, you know, 1,300 yards rushing, almost 500 receiving. And he's gone down ever since then. Played five games last year. I think that was partially due to a suspension. Now, I'd rather have the depth in the trenches. And you know what we've said in the past? Hogs win championships. We need to keep the Hogs healthy. Dallas Goddard gets a power ranking just outside the top five
0: tight ends in the NFL Football League. Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, George Kittle, Kyle Pitts, Darren Waller, and Rob Gronkowski all come before him. Dallas Goddard will be top five by the end of the year. I think he's got top five potential potential but that's a tough group that's a deep list when i originally saw that article i thought Nah, got very very well may already deserve be to be in the top five and then i read the names yeah kittle and wallen and andrews i was like ah, well that I mean, sounds I, about right
1: yeah right off the bat i look at okay there's an elite tier there of kelsey kittle and andrews yes and then i'm thinking you know waller and pitts he can probably sneak up ahead of those guys but you look at what they've done they both um,
0: had a, a thousand plus receiving seasons already,
1: yeah, right? Yeah, Pitts last year was over a thousand. Waller last year only had six sixty five, but the two years prior he was over a thousand yards. Wow! Each year, Got Raiders it, was in the nine hundreds last year, uh, eight hundred, eight hundred, I think. And he yeah. has not
0: had a thousand yard season. Yet. Right,
1: right. For him to have a thousand yard season, are you taking throws away from Brown Smith, Smith or Brown? Right. So, I, I mean, you could make the point they, they the Eagles very well could have 3,000-yard receivers. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think it's possible. But that, that's a legitimate shot. You've got three guys within 100 yards of that. For
0: sure, and you have three guys that clearly have the skill to get there right. on their own. Right, exactly. Will they be taking yards away from each other? That is the yeah. question.
1: Now, Gronk, Gronk's retired this week. Next week, who knows? <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, he could be back in the mix. I don't know. I don't know if he's gotten his pre-training all from Tom Brady to say, "Hey, man, I need your brother. I I need back you this year. Here. Come on back."
0: <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. yeah, I wonder how much of it is his wife just wants him to retire, and so him and Tom, right. him right. and Tom, have a gig where. All the way up to the start of the season, they kind of just play it cool as if Rob isn't going to play, and then boom, once the season
1: comes around, yeah, yeah. Honey, I'm sorry, Tom called. He's real. He's desperate. (laughs) He's desperate for me this year. (laughs) Yeah, that's a funny line. A short but a
0: good yes or no section. Thanks, DB. You bet. So, getting into our main show, the first thing we're going to take a look at is the salary cap because we have a ticking time bomb. It seems like in Philadelphia. Eagles are just about capped out for the year. We have a $208 million season salary cap, and
1: we are $2.41 million under it. And you know how he's looking at that $2.4 million and saying, Hey, what, what can I do with it? <laughs> I still got $2.4 million. What? What can I wheel and deal for? Yeah, does, does Howie know his payroll or what? But yeah, I think right now he's looking out there, and it, it could be something as obscure as you know. our punter. Sipos had a great start to the year, but I, uh, fans really soured on him, and I don't think he played as well the last half. Yeah, they did. I wouldn't put past Howie to say, hey, you know what? That's that's an area we could possibly Get upgrade and, and I still pick got up a $2.4 for two, million? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? Maybe a punter. I think we're good in a kicker and, and long snapper, but uh, probably he's got some cash. I think he's going to look to spend it.
0: Just like we thought about him picking up a safety.
1: Yeah, exactly. You know what? That was a luxury, but now here we pick up Tart, and that's a great pickup. Yeah. What does scare me is it's almost like a salary bubble with the Eagles. We're, we're so at a one-year
0: salary bubble. If you look at what the sports media outlet PFF is putting out. They gave the Eagles the second to worst spot in terms of salary capacity for the next three years going forward. Saints being the only other team ranked worse than the Eagles. Wow. Uh, That surprised me a little that it would be the Saints. And on top of having a bad three-year outlook in terms of our salary cap, because we've kind of kicked the can down the road, we have a lot of contracts where first and second year in the contract, we're not paying too much for the player. Yeah. But then it's almost like a balloon or, in some cases, a bullet payment in the third, fourth, and fifth years. Right. And we're coming up to those third, fourth, and fifth years yeah. in some of these major contracts. Yeah, it looks like at some point we've got to pay the piper. Right. On top of having a bad three-year outlook for the salary cap, we're currently the fifth highest dead cap holder in the NFL. Yeah. We have Wentz at $36.14 million, Malik Jackson at $9.03 million, Alshon Jeffrey at $5.43 million, and Ertz at $3.54 million. So, And how many of those
1: guys are on our uh, roster? None.
0: Yeah. All dead cap hits. <laughs> so with that in mind, are you worried that the Howie boom of 2022 turns into a Howie bust the next three years? Yeah,
1: I think that's a legit concern. I look at a list of guys we've got on a one-year deal or are in the last year of their deal. I mean, Tartan Bradbury, who we just signed. so One-year deals. Those guys work out. We're going to have to re-sign them. Boston Scott. Yep. Miles Sanders. Zach Paschal, one-year deal. We signed him to. Greg Ward, Dean Kane, Josh Hammond, even our Sega Whiteside. That, for me, I don't think would be
0: a big deal to, right, re, to, to look to, to re-sign him. Exactly.
1: But you've got Sayamalo, J- Javon Hargrave, Brandon Graham, Kazir White. We signed him to a one-year deal. Yep. TJ Edwards. He's in the last year of his deal. Yep. Uh, Anthony Harris, Bradbury, Marcus Epps. That's a ton of people who we're going to have to make a decision on at the end of the year. And I don't know if there's... Enough money to keep half of them around.
0: Right. It's kind of like a double edged sword. It gets you excited for this season. Yeah. Because yeah. you get the feeling that Howie is going for broke. This really is the Super Bowl
1: run season. Yeah. Howie's loaded up every chamber and he said, look, I, if I'm going out, I'm going out in a blaze of glory. <laughs> because there, after this, it, it may very well be a rebuilding or I don't know how far you can kick it down the road, but if Howie can kick that can as far as you can i mean we'll be paying guys 15 years down the road <laughs> it's kind of like the sean, Vic- sean
0: mcveigh method where you go for broke you yeah. take up all the salary cap you can get a couple super bowls under your belt and then as soon as it's going to blow up, you take the uh, NFL Network yeah. announcement hey Thanks, job. guys. I got
1: a nice yeah talking gig on Monday <laughs> night, yeah. and that's it.
0: <laughs> Good luck for the next decade rebuild. Yeah, yeah.
1: This seven, working seven days a week, 24 hours. Uh, I, I think I'll take the, the uh, gig on TV.
0: <laughs> so moving on from the salary cap to training camp. Training camp officially begins July 26th. A lot of the articles I was reading this week was talking about how quiet the NovaCare complex is right now. And yeah. kind of the, the calm before the storm of training camp. Yeah, right. 90 players are going to report to training camp, and at the end of the preseason, only 53 will remain. What do you think are, is going through some of these guys' heads as they report to camp in July?
1: Yeah, you know, I'm so glad you included this article because I don't see a lot of coverage of it in the, in the media, But this is huge. It's especially huge to the bubble players. You know, position 41 on, on the roster. Yeah. Used to be we took the roster down 10 slots at a a time. Right. It
0: was very gradual. Yeah. And you had certain specific dates where you had to have your roster down to 75. Yeah. Then you had to have it down to 60 or whatever. Now
1: you can keep all 90 up until... A week before the season starts. Right. That's unreal. I don't. If you're a bubble guy and you don't make number 53, you're number 54, you've got six days to hook up with the team. That's crazy. That is crazy. It's not going to affect the veterans. They know they're going to be on the team. They know they're making it. If anything, they're getting a few less reps, and they like that. For sure. But those the bubble guys and that 41 guy on your roster to 70 on your roster, it puts a lot of pressure on them. And they've got to be thinking, Look, I either make it here or it's going to be tough to pick up with someone. If I do pick up with someone, it's got to be someone who knows me. Yes. Someone I've played for before that clearly I know their scheme. Because how do, you, how do you jump into a scheme in a week? It's very much an adjustment
0: that favors teams in general over individual players. Right. And it's somewhat frustrating in that if you are a bubble player, sitting outside the bubble a little bit. Right. I could see you beginning to contact other teams.
1: Absolutely, long yeah. before the
0: preseason ends, just to make some contacts. You bet. In hopes of, almost as an insurance policy, if yeah. I don't end up making this roster, I gotta, I have to have already reached out to the contacts that I have, because like you said, I have six days to figure it out if I don't.
1: Yeah, if I'm the number six or number seven wide receiver on the Eagles, I might have a shot at another roster. There might be another team that needs a wide receiver.
0: 100%. uh, A team that doesn't have A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith at the top. Right, exactly. Looking into some of the business dealings of the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts has officially applied for a hurts so good trademark
1: i I was wondering when something like that was going to come out (laughs) it's too good of a last name. it is it's not non-trademark it yeah Yeah. john cougar Mellencamp. i'm sure will have something to say about it worst case scenario the the link is going to be singing Singing
0: john cougar Mellencamp every single week in honor of hurts
1: right right (laughs) so all publicity is good publicity so it probably helps them both
0: it's a great tagline to have, too, yeah. because let's say he has a really bad season with the Eagles. Oh, he's cut by the Eagles. He faces a lot of trial and adversity. The yeah. hurt-so-good so trademark just goes through the roof if he makes a comeback because it has a redemptive story already captured within the tagline. Yeah, you know, He can immediately say once he's on the up-and-up, you know, oh man, going through everything I did in Philadelphia, it hurts so good because now I'm a. Uh, yeah. Or if he does great this year, <laughs> he can just talk about hurts how
1: he. Hurts is so good. Hurts
0: is so good. Or, he, you know, he trained so hard and the training hurt and now it led to this prosperity. Right. So it's pretty much a tagline you can take anywhere. It never becomes illegitimate. Right,
1: right. First glance, I was like, oh man, we're in June. I, I want you to be thinking about football, not training. Focus trademarks. on becoming a better quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Uh, exactly so I don't want that to sidetrack that's the one negative I have about it the other negative is I see the date of June 13th and I'm thinking you know what was this in that second 5 OTA's that (laughs) <laughs> Sirianni gave them off, and this is the, the stuff they're thinking about, and this is what he came up with. This is why I want you to have 10 OTAs in a minicamp. He said, dude, I got five free OTAs. We're making yeah. this trademark happen, Yeah, baby. Yeah, I got five extra days. What am I going to do with them? You know what you should do? Think about football.
0: My original thought was that, it, not, not that it's disappointing at all, but right. exactly like you said, you want the guy focusing on becoming a, yeah. a, a better quarterback, and he still has a lot to prove, so it's yeah. almost like, ease up on going for these, you know, because when you think of trademarks, you think of Tom Brady with TB12. Right. But at the same time, I was thinking, yeah, the goat at at the same time. I was thinking some guys gain in confidence when they're already acting like they're the man. Yeah. Even though they know it's not quite proven that they are. And I wonder if this is hurts his own way of look, I, I am raising my own confidence by acting like I'm the guy now. And that's going to help me maintain kind of this thought about myself.
1: And um, I'm all in if, yeah. if that's and it.
0: Knowing that he is such a high character guy, I could see that being, yeah, yeah. being the case. I'm going to act like I'm the man now, and I'm going to be the man when the season comes around. And those are reinforcing each other.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like the corporate slogan, fake it till you make it. Right. You it know? almost is. Yeah. Exactly. So we can't forget the NFL is an entertainment. It is. And it's a business. Yeah, business. Exactly. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't have a problem with it. Again, I, I'd rather he be more football focused, but I don't, I don't think this is something that's really distracting him. Albeit giving up five OTAs, <laughs> that'll keep sneaking in here <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> All
0: right, Malcolm Jenkins. Speaking of more business opportunities that Eagles or former Eagles are taking advantage of, is investing in a Kensington-based distiller, which makes whiskey sourced from the ing- ingredients provided by Black and Brown farmers. you think of
1: Jenkins, he was an all-star on the field. Sounds like he's beginning to be an all-star off the field. Absolutely. Guy's a Hall of Fame eagle, and he's a Hall of Fame citizen. This is awesome. I I just think it's great. You know, I I compare this to um, Kaepernick and the kneeling down and all that. You know what, that all to me, all that does is really tick some people off
0: make things very divisive. Yeah,
1: divisive, you're you know disrespecting the flag, disrespecting America. here, Malcolm Jenkins is putting his money where his mouth is, right. And this is a guy who's no longer an Eagle. Now, I'm sure he's going to be inducted into the Eagles Eagles Hall of fame. Fame. And we'll be here. And if he gets into Canton, I know he started with New Orleans and ended with New Orleans. That'll be tough. But it was a great Eagle. He's an awesome individual. It's good to see a pro athlete giving back directly to his local community, especially, again, since he doesn't play here anymore. 100% agree. Yeah. I I, I think that's just a, a class move by a class act guy. Hats off to, to Malcolm Jenkins. You don't see a lot of the other stuff he does, like the support of better civilian oversight of the police.
0: Yeah, he and, was really big on that. Yeah,
1: and, and that's not saying defund the police. Right. That's saying these guys serve our community. Let's...
0: Make some better relationships yeah, with them. Yeah,
1: let's tighten the bonds there.
0: Right, right. Yeah, uh, so that's, that's not, not divisive. Exactly. More unifying, and bringing yep. people
1: together, and uh, teaching children how to build wealth.
0: That's Who, fantastic. How can that
1: go wrong? You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So yeah, hats off to Malcolm Jenkins. Right on,
0: go Malcolm Jenkins. Speaking of Malcolm Jenkins, we just picked up Jaquiski Tart to fill either a free safety or strong safety role. Right. We talked about how Tart is versatile one of those points of versatility is the fact that he can play free or strong safety. Right. So it kind of left me wondering, we've been hearing all these articles about Epps being dramatically improved, and he's going to impress a lot of people this season. And we were kind of wondering a couple episodes ago, are these articles indicative of what's actually happening? Or is it now that we know we're kind of stuck with Epps at the starting safety position are we now rationalizing it and saying, you know what, Epps is going to be great. But even after we picked up Tart, one of the articles that gets released is Malcolm Jenkins saying Marcus Epps is He's still the guy.
1: Yeah. And who would know better than Malcolm, Malcolm Jenkins. Jenkins? Yeah. I mean, the guy played the position, played it great. He knows what it takes to play the position. And he comes Like you out, said,
0: future Hall of Famer. Yeah,
1: and he comes out and says that about Epps. I, I think that's great. Now we're deep at safety. Yeah, now we're deep at safety. And I saw a couple quotes in that article, an like experienced backup. I don't think Tart's going to be the backup. I think Anthony Harris might be the odd man out in terms of starting, but I think you're going to see a lot of all
0: three of them. Interesting. I think it is going to be like a rotation. Yeah. I think you're right. I think it's going to be Tart and Epps yeah. who are the starters.
1: And the one thing I love of what Malcolm Jenkins yeah, said, said about Alps. Yeah. Hey, you know, you don't have to be Malcolm Jenkins. You don't have to be Brian Dawkins. Be Marcus Epps. Use your strengths for your brand of football. Figure out your
0: own style yeah. of play.
1: Yeah, and I think that's great. And he also talked about how he's in for extra sessions. He put He's putting the extra time in, in the, uh, the film room, and the guy's just doing everything he should do to make himself better, and that's good to see. Yeah. Yeah. So that's great. I mean, if
0: if these articles coming out about Epps dramatically improving are true, yeah, and then Tart plays like he's played for the last mm-hmm. six years at San Francisco, yeah, we got a strong safety core.
1: Tart's probably the more Brian Dawkins like Malcolm, uh, Malcolm Jenkins esque, yeah. yeah,
0: physical, strong, yeah. big, mm-hmm. lay some serious hits on people. Exactly.
1: So love we've been missing that at the safety position. Love to see it come back.
0: Agreed. Looking at the season ahead, a guy named Brandon Galton put together this awesome Eagles over-under for the 2022 NFL season. All right. And I wanted to give you some of these over-unders. And we're going to not only record these and hang these up on our wall behind us, but we'll periodically nice. revisit them and see how close we were. In terms oh, that of sounds good. Accuracy. We're going uh, <laughs> to
1: yeah, hold our picks accountable. Yeah. yeah, exactly.
0: So – First over under Jalen Hurts passer rating, over or under ninety seven point seven. Wow, that's a huge number. That's a really high number. Yeah, to I be, mean, that at. puts you in top five QBs in the league. Yeah, absolutely, probably, right? yeah.
1: And he doesn't have to be ninety seven point seven for the Eagles to go deep into the playoffs or even to the Super Bowl. I'm going to go with the under on that. And I look at last year; it was at eighty seven point two. Okay. Yeah, there's areas he can improve in, but to Take that up more than 10 points. 2020's at 77.6. I'm with the under on that. I'd I'd like to see him over 90s because I think that you see the progression. He's he's getting better each year. Yeah. And as much as we've improved the team around him, not just on the offense, but on the defensive as well, and he he takes his quarterback rating up, I I think that can only mean good things for the Eagles. So I'm going with the under on that. He doesn't need to be at 97.7. Agreed. Jalen Hurts' completion percentage, over or
0: under 64%.
1: Yeah, that's a much more realistic number. 61% last yeah, year. Yeah. But, you know, what? I think that 61% was kind of boosted by some of his
0: check down passes. Yeah. He really did not have many
1: long passes. Yeah. And so Going I do think. Going deep into the secondary passes that he's hitting. Exactly yeah. Exactly right. I'm not looking for him to get to 64%. If he does, that's good. I think. 65% is kind of the, the the barrier that brings you
0: into a higher tier yes, of quarterbacks. Yes, yeah, to the
1: next tier of quarterbacks exactly. So, if he can get close to 64% or even maintain 61-62%, but he's throwing more downfield, I think you're, that you're would be greater average yards per pass yes, completion. That
0: is the biggest thing. Yeah. I think I forget what his current average of yards per passes right now, but it's pretty small compared to other quarterbacks in the league. Right. So if we can extend that out, meaning even if he's still only completing 61% of the passes right. he throws, but these passes are bigger, that's the improvement we want to see. Exactly, yeah. So no, he, I'm going the under. He doesn't have to be at 64, and I don't think he will. This year, Eagles passing play percentage ranks 16th in the NFL.
1: Over or under? I think we were number 32 in total offense or passing off passing, passing offense offense. Thirty-two, the worst passing offense in the league. 29 in total yardage. So to go from 32 or 29 to 16, that's a huge step up. That's a massive job. Yeah. I don't, and I don't think we need to get that far. Especially with with,
0: how good our defense is. Exactly.
1: I'm going to go under if under means we're not going to make it to 16 or better. We've got to improve on 32. And you you add AJ Brown into the mix, Zach Pascal into the mix. We we certainly should. But yeah, I don't I don't I don't know that overnight, over one season, the Eagles all of a sudden become jump. this offensive juggernaut. Sixteen spots, right? Yeah. First time Nick
0: Sirianni is asked why he didn't run the ball week two over or under.
1: You know, <laughs> this is a great one. I'm going to go with the over on this. And I only say that because even the Philadelphia media gives them a few weeks. <laughs> Before they start with the accusations. Yeah, exactly. To the ball. Now, here's where I take that totally off the table. We lose to the Lions In game one. one. Yeah. And we're not running the ball as much as we should He's be. He's going to hear it week oh, one. It's going to be week one, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm thinking we beat the, the Lions, so I'm going to take the over on that. It'll be week two or three. Actually
0: That's a that's a good way of looking at it. That even even if he doesn't utilize the run game, as long as we're winning the games we should win, he might not hear much. Right. But as soon as we lose a game that we were either meant to win or that we should have won had we utilized the run game, he's gonna hear it that day. Absolutely. I like that. Gardner Minshew starts one and a half games,
1: over or under I'm going with the under, and I'm hoping that's an under, because if he starts more, it's two games or more, it means Hurts is hurt. Hurts is hurt. And that, that can't be good for the season or or for the team. I, I could see us being in a position where we don't need games week 18 against the Giants. I agree. We very well may not. Yeah. And Minshew starts, and we're giving the starters a rest. That gives you one. Anything more than that, it means Hertz is hurt and I don't want to see that, so I'm I'm going the under. He does not start one and a half games.
0: Yeah. It means Hurt Hertz is hurt or he's not performing anywhere near the Yeah, and that would be and the disastrous scenario. Story. Right. Eagles QB starts by players not named Jalen Hurts or Gardner Minshew half a game.
1: Yeah, I'm going the under on that as well. If
0: there's just no reason for anyone to start other than Hertz or Minshew. Yeah, yeah. And if for whatever reason Someone else does. This season was very much a loss season. Yeah, right?
1: exactly. And it means one or both are... Injured or not performing yeah. anywhere near the level. And, they and again, very bad scenario. So I'm going with the under on that. And I got to believe most of the fans are saying under on that as well. Agreed. More receptions.
0: Zach Pascal or Kenneth Gainwell?
1: You know, that's an interesting question. I'm going with Zach Pascal for one, specifically one reason. If, if not pascal getting more catches than gainwell then why did we pick him up you look at the numbers from last year pascal i think had close to 40 receptions gainwell 33 so it's
0: pretty comparable yeah
1: i didn't think they'd be that close any gainwell is becoming kind of the all-purpose back for us he's the guy you want in the red zone uh, powering the ball in miles sanders didn't have a td last year i think
0: Yeah, and that's actually the one reason why I would go for Pascal being the person who comes out with more receptions because one of the emphasis that Miles Sanders has put in the offseason is getting better with his hands, getting better at catching the ball. So I wonder if he takes some of those receptions, which are traditionally Gainwell's in the past, away from Gainwell because he's improved his own reception game. You bet. Miles Sanders' rushing yards, 999.5, over or under?
1: Wow. I want to say over. I want him to be over, but I'm going under.
0: I don't think there's any chance he gets over 1,000, especially because Sirianni is already committed to the running back by committee model. So he's not going to be our three-down back, even if he has a stellar season.
1: Not going to get enough touches, and he can't stay healthy. Played 12 games last year, 12 the year before, 16 his, his rookie season. And he got over 800 yards in two of those seasons. He's our explosive back. Yes. I choose it that way. And on top of all that, Sirianni is clearly putting
0: more of an emphasis on the passing game, picking up yes. J.J. Brown yeah. and making the acquisitions that he has
1: Pascal. At as least well. until the Eagles fans tell <laughs> him not tell to. Him to start running the ball.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Vontae uh. Smith, receiving yards, 999 and a
1: half, over or under. Guy has a rookie season and he's over nine hundred yards, you gotta think that's a shoe-in that he gets a thousand agreed year two. But you look at who else Hertz has to throw to now. AJ Brown. I would think he's gotta be your number one receiver. Dallas Goddard. Dallas Goddard, he's a guy who's over eight hundred yards receiving. I don't think we're gonna have three thousand yard receivers.
0: And Jalen Hurts is not a pure passer. Right. Even with passing improvements he makes over this course of this offseason.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm taking the under on that, even though it very easily could be the over. I'll take the over on this one. Okay.
0: All your points are valid and I agree with them hundred percent. Devontae Smith is, just like Brown said, clearly a wide receiver, number one type of talent.
1: That's right, and, and he'll so have the number two cornerback lining on him. up
0: against a number two cornerback. That's week. a great
1: thought. I didn't even
0: think of that. And I think Hertz is going to take advantage of that mismatch every single game.
1: Who leads
0: the Eagles wide receivers in receiving yards? AJ Brown or Devontae Smith?
1: You know, we almost just had the uh, discussion. Yeah. But I'm going to stick with Brown. I think you might be I'll going go with Smith, Smith and, and you know what? It'd be great if it's so tight and they both eclipse oh, go a over thousand. A thousand yards. Man, I mean, what fantastic. a great! Yeah, that would be a great season. So, yeah,
0: hundred percent. Jalen Rager receptions, sixteen and a half, over or under.
1: Now, I want a caveat on this, and I, I, I think the question should be Jalen Rager receptions for the Eagles. 16 and a half, over That's and under. Good- I don't, honestly, I don't know if he's going to make... The roster.
0: NFL I mean, Network that came out with the projected roster. Fit, yeah. You know, 53 people, and they excluded Jalen Rager. Yeah, it.
1: and they included uh, Britton Covey taking his spot. Who's getting awesome reports
0: out of all the OTAs yeah. and training camps that they've had And so if
1: far, Devin Allen turns into the kick returner you want. Which that it sounds kinda, like they're trying yeah, to forge him into. That kind of leaves Jalen uh, Rager on the outside looking in. I'm going to take the under on that, given that it's with the Eagles. If he lands somewhere else, hey, he could. He should. More snaps played.
0: Grant Calcaterra, he's the tight end we picked up in the draft, or Jack Stahl?
1: Right off the bat, I would say Calcaterra. Hearing a lot of good things about Stahl, and honestly, I don't know enough about him. My thought is, why would the Eagles have spent a fairly high draft pick on picking up a tight end when you've got Dallas Goddard and right. other guys in the wing? I so, have seen something. Yeah, man. so I'm going to go with Calcaterra. I think that's a good call. Cam Jurgens, our second
0: round draft pick what starts one and a half games over or under
1: that's an interesting one as well and i'm gonna take the over oh okay that's a pretty I, yeah and i would right off the bat i'm thinking under yeah but i'm gonna take the over and i'm gonna take it for one reason the oldest unit we have is the o-line Juergens, and it may not be at center but he may have some opportunities elsewhere on the line but also you know Kelsey's getting up there he's close to retiring if not this year next year you know it's it's been the Kelsey retirement question for a number of years now if we don't need week 18 you know game 17 against the Giants I could see Cam Jurgens starting there that gives them one Cam Jurgens was one of those players
0: that they said he has a lot of versatility he doesn't yeah. have to play Yep. Center, he can play guard. Right. And he can even swing out to tackle. Mm -hmm. So, like you said, if anyone on the O-line gets injured, you imagine Jurgen's has a shot at starting. Yeah. More sacks, Jordan Davis or Milton Williams? I'm going to go with Jordan Davis. This Um, is an interesting question because... It really is. Jordan Davis wasn't utilized as a sack master at Georgia. But there's been talks coming out from the defensive coordinator, Gannon, that they're not going to utilize him the same way Georgia utilized
1: him. Right. And I would think the consensus is probably split fairly down the middle on this. It's nice to know that we have another guy in Milt Williams who you didn't say in the same breath with Jordan Davis. That just speaks to we're getting some depth on the D-line.
0: Week one starting safeties, Anthony Harris and Marcus Epps or someone
1: else? You know what? This dovetails on our original conversation, and I think it's something else, and I think it's... Tartan Epps exactly yeah i think that's where we're going with this and not that anthony harris is left out of the equation i think they're all three of them are going to see a ton of playing time yeah absolutely and i love it i think it's great eagles undrafted
0: rookie free agents on the week one roster one and a half over or under
1: I will plead ignorance on this. I, <laughs> that's something that kind of comes out on the blue. How much do you hear about undrafted rookies and oh, how they are? Uh, I can't even name an undrafted rookie within you know the 90 that they've got. So I'm going to go the under just because ignorance. <laughs> Lack of knowledge on the uh, situation.
0: I like it. The one that I do know of who I think will be on the roster is the quarterback out of Nevada, Carson Strong.
1: Oh, that's right. A lot of you good things what? have been that's coming out about him. that's an point, yeah. And he could
0: be one. I don't know any after him. Right. Obviously, we had T.J. Edwards yeah, two years ago. Yeah, which was fantastic. Which was a fantastic pickup. I'm going to plead my ignorance on this one, too.
1: Well, your ignorance is less deep than mine because you pulled <laughs> Strong right out.
0: <laughs> Opposing quarterbacks with at least 80% completion against the Eagles, one and a
1: half. Yeah, I'm definitely taking the under on that. I 100%. would, we I would take upgraded. the under at 0. .5. I agree. Yeah, and we I,
0: we have upgraded our defense exactly. Not just the secondary, but the D line as well. Our edge rushers. I do not see any QB getting more than eighty percent completion yeah. percentage against us. Yeah, and if they do, it's because they were dumping it down for two, three yard pickups the entire game. Which that and the game day. was
1: probably out of hand. They can't get back in the game, and they're just throwing machine and and like you said dumping it off so yeah I agree with you I think we've made so many upgrades on the defensive side of the ball you're not going to see Derek Carr coming in and completing 90% passes much less 80. No now just a few weeks ago
0: the over under on the Eagles win line was eight and a half it is now up to ten and a half you still jumping on that win train
1: dude can we go back a couple weeks and, and, and put a edit? bunch of money yeah. <laughs> on the eight and a half line can we edit that already yeah and you know what now i'm i'm teasing with the ten and a half
0: i would still still yeah. go over yeah, at the schedule. yeah. I,
1: I think i'm going over we looked at it i think we were at 11 maybe even 12 wins I still think that's legit. We've got to beat the teams we're supposed to beat. And if we do, I think 11's legit, and I'm taking the over on that. Agreed. Saints, 2023 first-round
0: draft pick position, 14 and a half. Remember, this is the pick that we got from the Saints, so this will be effectively our draft pick. Yeah. Pick. Over or under? How bad are the Saints going to do this season?
1: You know what? I, I was shocked that they were the one team in worse cap space than us because— Who do they have left? Yeah, I not I mean Jameis Winston, I guess, is their quarterback. They do have a really good
0: receiver core. But other than their receiving core, I think their defense is still strong. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they always have a strong defense, but
0: You're right. I mean they, they very much seem to be handicapped not just for this year but for a couple years going forward
1: yeah and you know we talked about this earlier but that might be the reason Sean Sean Payton Payton left
0: yeah again it's that Sean McVay method of yeah get what you can and then once once your team is about
1: to rebuild jump ship yep I'll be an NFL announcer So I'm, I'm going with the under. I think it'll be better than a 14 and a half. I think it'll be 14 or better. I think we're going to have a top 10 draft. Pick yeah. With this yeah. Cause I, I just don't think this is going to be a good year for the Saints.
0: I agree. Eagles coordinators lost the head coach jobs in
1: 2023 one and a half over or under this has got to be i think a screaming under i don't know how you lose two position co- coaches assistant coaches to a head coaching job it's tough to have one yeah. get a head coaching job and we're talking about two yeah in this staff second season i'm I'm definitely going the under on that i and i i can't imagine you know that even being a, a question Last That'll one, Nicobe Dean snap count percentage, 63.94%. Over or under? That's interesting. My first thought was to go the over on that, but I'm going to take the under. They're going to work the rookies in slowly, make sure they get their, their feet wet. First four games, uh, easier schedule. Let's work them in over that time. If I were to break the season into two halves, I would say the first half would be under on that, and the second half would be an over. Interesting. I like that perspective. But you meld those two
0: halves together, of the season and it'll together, ultimately be an and I think 63. he's slightly
1: under, yeah. But I, I do think he gets to see a lot of playing time. I'll take the opposite. I'll take the over.
0: Okay, and, and I can see
1: that happening.
0: 100%. I, I think your analysis is spot on. I will say that he shows himself to be a difference maker a little sooner than than anyone thinks yeah and because he's such a difference maker rather than having you know the over on the latter half of the season right i say the under is the first two or three games and then the over is the rest of the season okay and, and that that's that's totally legit over.
1: i i can totally see that as well yeah
0: Nicobe dean man i i think that very well could be the steal of the draft i love it yeah i love it all right db awesome show thanks hey man. you
1: bet thanks bear